Welcome to episode five of the Pouring My Art Out podcast. This one is called Art and Money, because we will talk about art and money. But first, a word from our sponsors. Ladies, are you looking for an exciting way to spend another Saturday night at the retirement home? Get the girls together for a naughty night of sexy shenanigans and call strippers in slippers. Our highly trained exotic dancers are all prime beef. Aged prime beef. They can still shake their groove things even with artificial hips. These silver stallions won't have any trouble getting in past the night shift nurses because they look like they belong there. Until they get to your door, then you and your friends can rock out to some Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin love beats while our dancers get down to some dirty business. Off comes the bathrobe and slippers and girls get ready to stuff some quarters into those boxer shorts and orthopedic garter socks. So call strippers in slippers. The hair may be gray, but the rest is okay. Strippers in slippers, we're in the yellow pages. We talked about religion being a major driving force in the creation of art, and maybe someday we will talk about that some more. Ego also has a role. Look at the front man or woman of any rock band to see an example of ego and art on display. Before cameras, and even after them, rich people had their portraits painted. This created a niche for portrait painters. Before that, Roman emperors all wanted to have statues made of them looking all manly and powerful. So many emperor statues had to be made because the turnover rate for Roman emperors was so high that they started making the statues so that the heads could be removed to be replaced with the head of the new ruler. All this kept statue carvers employed. Getting paid to make art comes in two basic categories. You make art that you like to make and you hope it becomes popular while you are still alive and earns you money. Or you go into a job in the arts and hope for the best. Both categories have their risks and the failure rate is often quite high. Also, you can end up being a working artist doing something you hate doing. This is why getting accepted to an expensive college and then telling your parents that you have decided to go into the arts might not leave your parents as thrilled as you were hoping they would be. Be prepared to hear things like backup plan and fallback option. You might go to a fancy academy dreaming of doing Shakespeare and seeing your name in lights on Broadway and end up happy to be in a commercial for toilet paper or getting a non-speaking role in one scene in any daytime soap opera. And music is a particularly brutal line of work to aspire to. Ask any contestant on American Idol. One dream is fulfilled, but thousands of dreams are ground into the dust. The point is that not everybody is going to be Brad Pitt or Stevie Wonder. They sell the dream that anyone with a little talent can be a star. That is absolutely true. Anyone can be a star, but not everyone can be a star. I mean, we can't realistically all expect to be stars, can we? You have to be your own star. Wait, what the f- 
Can you hear that? What is happening in my mother's head? Jimmy! Hey, 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 Arthur, it's Jimmy. I think I should tell you that we opened up a rescue shelter up here, like an animal sanctuary for drug-addicted animals. We put in a small pond and some landscaping. Wait, 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 what? Inside my head? More animals on crack? Well, no, man, not all of them are on crack. I mean, yeah, one crocodile is on crack. You gotta watch out for him. He is grouchy and really fast. Oh, great. Well, wait. Yeah, we got a dingo on Demerol, a few orangutans on opioids, a baboon on barbiturates, and a whole troop of monkeys on meth. <laughs> a monkey with a monkey on his back is no laughing matter, Arthur. Neither is a lemur with a lust for laxatives. I'm losing control of my life. There is an owl on opium, some mice with a taste for magic mushrooms, some quail on quaaludes, and a hedgehog hooked on hash and heroin. They are no trouble at all. Sure, no trouble at all. Oh, and the elephants on ecstasy. Well, they keep themselves pretty busy. Of course they do. The rest are mostly suffering from psychological issues. Oh, oh okay, great. There's a lethargic lion, some manic moles, and a sloth who says he feels sluggish, but it's hard to tell if anything is really wrong with him. There's a depressed donkey. He's kind of an ass. Oh, and also a depressed dolphin who still always looks like he's smiling. So what makes a bunch of crack squirrels think they are capable of caring for these animals? Hey, don't worry about it, man. We have help. Oh? It's I, my son, and none other. Father Thomas O'Malley O'Reilly. Oh, really? That's the truth of it and nothing but. I provide both spiritual and psychological counseling. Oh, okay. And bless you, my son, for providing shelter for these poor lost souls. Sure, it's a living saint you're after being. Sure, sure, and thank you, Father. Um, Jimmy, do you think you could, uh... Keep the noise down a little up there. I'm doing a podcast. I'm on it, Arthur. Bye, people. Does money help or hinder art? Money drives the art business. That is why it is called a business. I've been thinking a lot about this, you know, since I wrote that last sentence, and this is what I came up with. Let's go back to the very beginning to our artistic wall painting caveman. They had language now, and they had named pretty much everything they knew about. Now they could use their bigger brains to invent more stuff. Tie a rock to a stick and you have an axe. Tie a sharp rock to a longer stick and you have a spear. People began weaving baskets and making clay pots. But this was a barter society, so they just traded what they made or found or hunted. As a side note, if our cave painting buddy ever painted a picture on somebody else's cave wall for some berries or an animal skin rug, he is the world's very first professional artist. I mean, he couldn't very well tear one of the pictures off the cave wall to trade it for something, could he? Conversely, I am fairly sure that at least one other cave person looked at his paintings and said they were derivative and amateurish. This was the very first art critic. 
No doubt others stood around wondering what the artist was really trying to say. They could have just asked him. They had language now. Okay, so civilization starts and somebody invents money. Money is still really just bartering or trading, but it is trading the idea of the value of the money itself. So somebody who makes clay pots figures out that people will give more money for pots with designs painted on them, and rich people will pay even more money to have even fancier pots to show that they aren't poor people. People wanted fancier clothes with colors dyed into them and rugs with cool patterns woven in. The fashion and textile industries were off and running. Architecture and interior design, landscaping, jewelry making, all became big business. Thanks to money and people not wanting to seem poor if they actually weren't. Learning a skill that will earn you money is way better than working in the fields all day. It is better to be a stone carver than a rock hauler. Stone and wood carvers, musicians, storytellers, jugglers, acrobats, painters, and on and on, all working at art. We get writers and actors, and eventually millions of people are employed in some sort of artistic endeavor, all trying to find that niche that lets them earn money doing something that they don't hate doing, even though an awful lot of them are going to end up doing something that they hate anyway. Take as an example my first job as an artist. Back in the early 80s, I was a graphic artist for the Tower Record Company. That was when there were actual records made from vinyl. The store I worked at was just off Telegraph Avenue in Berkeley, California, but they had stores all over the world. That one was the only one that had a graphic arts department. Me and three or four other guys made display signs for all the stores in the world. We would blow up album covers with a projector onto a huge sheet of foam core, which is like this eighth of an inch thick foam sheets with thick white cardboard on either side. We would mark out the album cover art, then cut the whole thing apart with X-Acto knives, spray the parts with paint, and put them back together again. We did multiple layers for 3D effects. I remember an eagle's album cover with a big eagle on it that came out spectacularly. And we did the small signs for each record section to tell people where to find rock or soul or blues or whatever. Now this was a cool place to work. I met Whoopi Goldberg in the store one day and talked to her. Carlos Santana came in and bought a Stevie Wonder album. I met my future wife there. And we used to get free tickets to all the big rock and roll shows in the Bay Area and even some theater tickets. We saw Zorba the Greek in San Francisco with Anthony Quinn starring in it. But I hated the job itself. All day long, cutting letters and pieces out of foam core. We went through hundreds of X-Acto blades every day, and we used to throw the dull ones at a piece of foam core in the corner that ended up looking like a heavy metal porcupine. It was boring as hell and repetitive. There is a lesson in there somewhere. I loved telling people that I was a professional artist, but I wasn't thrilled about what I was doing, and the pay wasn't that good either. My last word on the subject of art and money is about the concept of selling out. This happens in lots of kinds of art, but it is best exemplified in the music business, where corporate executives started doing their best to ruin the music industry as soon as it became obvious that there was big money to be made. Can a band be famous without the backing of a big-name label? Do the bands have to cave in, sell out, and do more music like the last album that sold so well? And it is weirder now with digital music, where only a few big bands can make money touring and only a few cents are made on each downloaded song. I guess in this example of the arguments for and against selling out, you should Google the story of the band Green Day, who also come from the Bay Area. They started off hardcore punk and evolved. 
Some fans called it selling out. They did and they do. Sell out huge arenas and stadiums, that is. You can have integrity in the arts and follow your own creative path, but it isn't easy and there are no guarantees. Guys, do you suffer from erectile dysfunction as well as loneliness because you have no significant other in your life? Try Miagra. Just because you are alone doesn't mean you can't get lucky tonight. Miagra. Available online at miagra.com. Wait, one last word on art and money. Money is art. I got a digital microscope for Christmas a couple years ago, and I used it on money, both coins and bills, that I have collected in my travels. Money is often quite beautiful and even shows some insight into the culture that created it. You should go to the blog and dig around for some of my extreme close-ups. And finally, I apologize if the accents I have used in the podcast offended anyone. I am adopted, but my kids got me the DNA test kit as a gift a few years ago, and guess what? I am part Irish. I am part Scottish, too. If I understand political correctness correctly, it is okay to make fun of an ethnic group to which you belong. But I do apologize to any Scottish crack squirrels or Irish squirrel priests whose feelings I hurt. Okay, see you later. <laughs>